Happy Father's Day, everybody. The title of today's message is What Men Want. Do you know what men want? So here's what we're after. On Mother's Day, we primarily focus on all women. Today, Father's Day, we're going to primarily focus on all men. So what do men want? That's what we're about. So first, I want to start with a quiz. This is about a particular man. Who do you think, and you can type this in the chat, who do you think was the most photographed man in the 19th century in the United States of America? i give you some hints. He was born 50 miles due east from where I stand right here in Arlington, Virginia. He did not know the date of his birth, so he chose of all days, February the 14th, Valentine's Day. He was a good friend of Abraham Lincoln's, and he was considered one of the greatest orators in the United States of America. So, did you guess who it was? His name is Frederick Douglass, and I want to read to you some words directly from him in his autobiography, The Life and Times of Frederick Douglass. Listen to what he says about our subject today. Listen to what he says about becoming the person he became. How did that happen? In a critical chapter in his autobiography, this is what he says. My mind was seriously awakened to the subject of religion. I was not more than 13 years old when in my loneliness and in my destitution, notice this, I longed for someone whom I could go to as a father figure and protector. This is really important. He needed a father figure. He did not have his biological father in his life. He was absent. But we all, all men need a father figure. He continues, the preaching of a white Methodist minister named Hanson was the means of causing me to feel that in God, I had such a friend. So Hanson served as a father figure. He continues on. He thought that all men, great and small, bond and free, were sinners in the sight of God, that they were by nature rebels against his government. What does that mean? What is he saying? He's saying that we are all, he'll get into this, called to greatness, but We, by nature, rebel against being underneath God's will, God's way. We want to go our own way. He realized this at a young age against his government. And they must repent. What's that word? A change of mind, a change of thinking to being underneath God's way. So we have a desire to do things our way. But true greatness is found underneath of God's way. So we got to repent of that and to be reconciled through Christ. Why Christ? Because Christ... More than any other man that walked the face of the earth perfectly was underneath of God's way. His kingdom come, his will be done. He followed the spirit. He perfectly followed. A lot of men followed in an imperfect way, but Jesus Christ followed in a perfect way. And so he realizes that. I cannot say that I had a very distinct notion of what was required of me. But one thing I did know well, that I was wretched and had no means of making myself otherwise. I consulted, it's a critical point in his life, I consulted a good colored man named Charles Lawson. And in tones of holy affection, he told me to pray and to cast all my care upon God. This I sought to do. And though for weeks I was a poor, broken-hearted mourner, traveling through doubts and fears, don't all men have that? I finally found my burden lighted and my heart relieved. Now notice this, what happened when that happened. 
Frederick Douglass, born a slave, still a slave at the age of 13, says, I loved all mankind, slaveholders not accepted. That is miraculous, everybody. That is a deep power. Douglass had went through terrible, terrible times as a slave, terrible, horrific times. And yet somehow, some way, he even believed that all men, he had loved all men, slaveholders included here. Though I abhorred slavery more than ever, more than ever, I saw the world in a new light. And my great concern was to have everybody converted. What? To become a follower of Jesus Christ. My desire to learn increased, and especially did I want a thorough acquaintance with the contents of the Bible, the source of his greatness, everybody. Watch this. I have gathered scattered pages of the Bible from the filthy street gutters. He lived in Baltimore at this time. And he's gathering to the filthy street gutters of Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland, pages of the Bible, he tells us this. I have gathered scattered pages of the Bible from the filthy street gutters, and I washed them and dried them, that in moments of leisure, I might get a word or two of wisdom from them. This is where he found God's cause of greatness and God's call for greatness in his life. While thus religiously seeking knowledge, I became acquainted with a good old colored man, again, named Lawson. This man not only prayed three times a day, but he prayed as he walked through the streets at his work and on his dray. I thought dray was a misspelling, but I looked it up. Actually, what good old Uncle Lawson, as he calls him, he had to pull a large amount on a cart, and it was called a dray, everywhere. His life was a life of prayer, and his words when he spoke to anyone were about a better world. Ah, that's what God is after. Uncle Lawson lived near Master Hugh's house, and becoming deeply attached to him, I went often with him to prayer meeting and spent much of my leisure time on Sunday with him. The old man could read a little, and I was a great help to him in making out the hard words, for I was a better reader than he. I could teach him the letter, but he could teach me the spirit. In refreshing times we had together in singing and in praying. The good old man had told me that, and this is so important to his life, everybody, had told me that the Lord had a great work for me to do. This was a turning point. God had a great work. God had a great work for Frederick Douglass. And I must prepare to do it, that he had shown me that I must preach the gospel. His words made a very deep impression upon me, and I verily felt that some such work was before me, though I could not see how I could ever engage in its performance. The good Lord would bring it to pass in his own time, he said, and that I must go on to reading and to studying the scriptures. This advice and these suggestions were not without their influence on my character and my destiny. Everybody, these words spoken to him by a father figure named Lawson shaped his life that he had a great work to do and he needed to study the scriptures to figure it out. He fanned my already intense love of knowledge into a flame by ensuring me that I was to be a useful man in the world. This is what every man wants, to be a useful man in the world. When I would say to him, how can these things be? And what can I do? He simply, his simple reply was trust in the Lord. When I would tell him, I'm a slave 
and a slave for life. How can I do anything? He would quietly answer, the Lord can make you free, my dear. All things are possible with him. Only have faith in God. Ask and it shall be given to you. If you want liberty, ask the Lord for it in faith and he will give it to you. Do you know what all men want? All men want greatness. Without question, God has put a desire and a call of greatness on all men. So men, I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you to admit your desire for greatness. Right in the very first chapter of the Bible, God says, Genesis 1.26, and the second time in verse 28, I have called you to rule. I have called you to be a ruler. I've called you towards greatness, to rule in this world, but to do it God's way. You know who talked a lot about greatness? Jesus talked a lot about greatness. He said his kingdom was great. He said that we could become great in his kingdom. And when his disciples came to him and said, hey, we desire, we desire greatness, Jesus didn't rebuke them. Instead, he told them how to become great in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. See, Jesus has put the desire for greatness in our hearts because he is our creator. God is our creator and he put that desire and we should admit that. There's the first step. We should not turn away from greatness. We should not deny it. We should embrace it, but we should embrace the greatness that God has called us to. Jesus says, you know what? You're gonna do great things. If you follow me, you are going to do great things. Now, one of the greatest of the great moments in the Bible was in Genesis chapter 12. So the first 11 chapters, problems, problems, problems. There's a fall from greatness. There's a misunderstanding about greatness. There's a twisting of the greatness that God put in us. And what you have is over and over and over again, you have men reaching for greatness and not finding it. Instead, they end up with emptiness and misery. And God says in Genesis 12, here is how you find the true greatness that you're looking for that I've put inside of all men. So Genesis 12, the first 75 years of Abraham's life, we don't hear anything about it. It's like nothing happened. And then God says, I have called you to greatness. And man, his life just takes off. Perfect? No. Great? Yes. Yes. Let me read to you Genesis chapter 12. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. You know what? He's saying, Abraham, you need to leave all of these ways, all these ways that won't work towards greatness. And you need to live a countercultural life. Then he says this, verse two, I'm going to make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. See, God knew his audience very well. He knew that Abraham, a man, that what would catch his attention, that what would grab his fascination is the call to greatness that is coming from God. This caught his attention and he said, I'm in because I want to live a great life. Same as every single man. The same reason it caught Frederick Douglass's attention at the age of 13 by Uncle Lawson. God has called you to a great work. So the first thing, every man, I need you to admit today is that God has put the desire for greatness in you, that God has a call on your life to greatness. Every single man, every single, not just Abraham, not just Frederick Douglass, every single man, as we talked about last week, every single man has a call to greatness and every single man can be great in the ways of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to read to you from an incredible book. 
It's called The Denial of Death. Won the Pulitzer Prize in 1974. Listen to how it talks about greatness. Now, now the terms here by psychologists and psychoanalysts will be heroism, but it's the same idea and something that must be admitted. So let me read to you. Mankind's common instinct for reality has always held the world to be essentially a theater for heroism. Always. Not only the popular mind knew, but philosophers of all ages, and in our culture especially, Emerson and Nietzsche, which is why we still thrill to them. We like to be reminded that our central calling, notice these words, our main task on this planet is the heroic. So the Bible says this thousands of years ago, and the best of the best of the best, a psychologist and psychoanalyst said throughout all of history, we have been called to greatness. We have been called to the heroic. Tell a young man that he is entitled to be a hero and he will blush. We disguise our struggle by piling up figures in a bank book to reflect privately our sense of the heroic, our heroic worth, or by having only a little better home in the neighborhood, a bigger car, brighter children, but underneath throbs the ache of cosmic specialness. No matter how we mask it in concerns of a smaller scope, the urge to heroism is natural and to admit it honest. For everyone to admit would probably release such a pent-up force as to be devastating to the societies as they are now. Men, I want to challenge you to not blush away as Becker is saying here, but to instead to fully embrace the desire that God has put into all humanity. The Bible's not just saying this. Here you have one of the greatest compilations of psychologists and psychoanalysts in the world saying that for all of life, the heroic is what we desire. Don't blush away from it. Embrace it. Embrace it. And to admit it, as Becker says here, is going to release a pent-up force that is actually devastating in your life, but devastating in a really good way. So men, here's step number one. You have got to admit that God put the desire in you, that God has called you to greatness, and to admit that truth will release power, a powerful, as Becker says, a devastating release of truth. You've got to do that. God put that in you. We have to also admit something else that is so obvious. And here's the second thing. Greatness has two sides, two sides to it, dirt and divine breath. Men, Genesis tells us that we are made of dirt. What does that represent in the scriptures? It means the dirt side of greatness is self-centeredness. It's to do my own thing. It's to be irresponsible as we see in Adam, as we see in Cain. The only limiting factor to Adam's greatness was the dirt side of greatness. The same thing for Cain. The same thing for the Tower of Babel. There was no problem with those men wanting to do something so great and to build this massive tower that reaches to the heavens. That's a great thing. That's a great, awesome thing to do. But what is the problem with that? They wanted to do it their way, for their name, not God's name. Abraham, the only limiting factor for greatness in his life is when he chose the dirt side of things. That limited him. Same thing for Jacob or Judah or King David. He did so many. The greatest king of Israel. But he limited himself when he chose the dirt side. So we can't do that. leads to misery. There's a better way. There's the divine breath. You're not totally depraved. 
No, no. You can't be totally depraved when the divine breath is inside of you. There is dirt inside of you, but there's also divine breath. What is divine breath? It's the rule of God. It's God's way. It's as Frederick Douglass said, it's the government of God. Will I choose to be underneath of God's way? Will I seek first the kingdom of God or will I choose the dirt to seek my kingdom first? What will I do? When you choose the divine breath, now you have aligned yourself with Almighty God and He will help you to achieve true greatness, true power, His way. There are two sides to greatness. Now, we're told this. Douglas, in his own words, was searching for a father figure. And thank goodness, even though Douglas's biological father was not there, God provided another father figure, Lawson, in his life. And Lawson said, I'll do it. I'll step into that place and I will speak the words of God. God is looking for men who will step into the place of a father figure and will speak the words of God over the lives of other men. And he said, the Lord has called you to a great work. Thank goodness Lawson was there to speak that into his life. And then he says, search the scriptures. Because that's where the path and the plan and the outline for greatness in a man's life is found. And he would search the filthy gutters of Baltimore, Maryland, just to get a scrap of scripture here or two. And he'd clean them and he'd wash them. And then he would pour over them looking for wisdom, looking for wisdom. Now, the greatest speech of Frederick Douglass was given on July the 5th, 1852. What is the 4th of July to a slave? You know, isn't it interesting that the greatest speech of the 20th century was given by Dr. King at the Lincoln Memorial, and it was filled with scriptures. And one of the greatest speeches of the 19th century was given by Frederick Douglass, and it was absolutely filled with scriptures that he poured over, that he pulled out of the gutter of Baltimore. He includes in here uh, excerpts from James out of the Bible, Isaiah, Psalms, and Leviticus. He was not going to settle for a self-centered, empty greatness. He chose to find God's true greatness. And at the end of his speech, this is what he says. Quote, the fiat of the Almighty, the first words of God, let there be light. The fiat of the Almighty, let there be light. Notice this has not yet spent its force. There is still power in those words. Let there be light. Let there be truth. Let there be the true calling for every man to greatness. It's not spent its force. Now, Douglas was a slave. Douglas was a slave when those words were pronounced in a blessing over his life. How could he see beyond it? But Uncle Lawson said, believe believe, accept it, receive it, and study it diligently so that you might know the greatness that God has called you to. Some of us right now, some of us men, we're like, no, nah, it's never going to happen for me. It can't happen for me. It can't happen. I have this. I've done this, blah, 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 everything. Well, you might not be a physical slave, but you might be a slave in your mind. All of us are slaves in our mind. Now you have to accept this call You've got to walk in this call and you've got to recognize there's two sides of this call and you've got to choose God's way. See, he says the Lord, the Lord, it's the Lord's work. It's the Lord's way. This is why Frederick Douglass became so great. And the only limiting factor on his life is when he chose to be out from underneath the government of Jesus Christ. Accept that call and walk in that call. Now I want to ask you a very, very serious question. Have you ever had a father figure speak those words of blessing over your life, just like Frederick Douglass had. The Lord has called you to a great work. Has it ever happened? Now, this is really important. 
Because Grace Community Church, there is no way that we are going to be the church that God has called us to be and not make sure that every man has had the opportunity to hear those words spoken over their life. Every man needs to hear from a father figure that God has a great work for you to do. You are called to greatness and God has a great work for you to do. And when you align yourself underneath of the government of God to seek first his kingdom, you will achieve greatness. I want to invite you, every single one of you, to be a part of hearing that great call. You got to have it. If you don't have it, you're limiting yourself. You need to hear those words from a father figure. Tomorrow night, we're having a men's movie night. One of the greatest movies my community group has ever watched. And we're going to make sure for every man there that has never had that awesome privilege of a father figure speaking greatness over them, like Lawson did for Frederick Douglass. And it changed his character and it changed his destiny, has the opportunity to do that. You'll see the information on the screen. I want to encourage you to be a part of it. Do not live your life. Do not live your life less than what it's meant to be by God. Live your life and fulfill the greatness that God has called you to. It's in you. Let that fire be fanned into a flame and step into that greatness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. It makes it so clear. You've called us to greatness. Help us to embrace that. And then, Father, for every single man, may they experience the blessing and the privilege and the awesomeness of that moment to hear those words spoken over them, directly to them. For every Sam and for every Ben and for every James and Henry and Steve, that God has called them to a great work. and They can step into it and find that enduring greatness that all of us so desire. In Jesus' name, amen.